You are now in tune to a 726 studio production. <laughs> yeah, let me stop my shit. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. Just to give you guys a heads up, the sound of this audio might be different from that of the remainder of the episode, and that is because my energy was lacking, so I had to redo the intro. So yeah, today I'm back again with a guest, and before I get into things with my guests, I just want to remind you guys to do this if you haven't done it as yet. Go ahead and press that subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen to the podcast on. And for those on Apple Podcasts, feel free to go ahead and give the podcast a five-star rating, you know. Leave a comment, and I will give you a shout-out in a future episode. As for social media, remember to go and follow the Instagram page at underscore planet josh underscore, and follow me on Twitter at j underscore mamba97. I will be placing the links in the descriptions to make it easier for you guys to find these accounts. So yeah, now back to the original audio. So yeah, without further ado, let me introduce you guys to my guest today. And she is an up-and-coming Belizean author, and her name is Kyla Gentle. So welcome on to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? Uh, as good as one can do during this panini that we're in right now, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Getting by. So um, I don't like to waste time, so let's get right into it. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Kyla Gentle. I am a author, a recent newly published author, and a poet, and also a freelance writer. I am from Belize City, born and raised. Um, I've spent most of my life here, except for the four years that I spent studying in Taiwan, where I got my degree in medical laboratory science. And I do have a deep love for science and medicine and all that. But at some point in my life, I kind of realized that writing was my purpose and one of my greatest passions. And I decided to follow that purpose. And that is what has brought me where I am now, where I have a book of poetry out. It's called Crossroads. And yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. I'm currently working on my fiction stories now with the hopes of publishing those in the near future. Thanks again for having me on your podcast. For sure. Thanks for coming on. So you have a lot going on. You have a diverse background, if you want to (laughs) consider it that. Yeah. So um, before we get into the writing side of things, did you grow up liking to read books? Mm, I would say yes. Like I did like reading, but mm, I never really read as much like as other people. I guess you would like I would call myself like an average reader. Like I used to read a lot of fiction, like fantasy books and when I got older, I started reading a lot of Stephen King books. Um, I don't know if you ever like watch any of his movies, like It, um, The Shining, and those kinds of stuff. I've seen um, it, not my t- kind yeah. of movies, because I kind of freed up, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I definitely like now where I am. I'm reading a lot more, and I, I love books. So yeah, like from. Probably like 11 or 12, I've, I've been reading. Okay, well, that makes us different people because I think I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of allergic to reading, but 
I mean, I read uh, if I have to, but it's not something I go out of my way and say, oh, let me get a book. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you have like a textbook to read or something like that. Maybe textbook or maybe a sports article, but uh, a whole book. I don't know. I like seeing pictures. I just like, I mean, you have books with pictures, but more often than not, they're just words. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, uh, I think I'll pass. So, um, no, I, I, yeah, continue. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that that's fine. You know, your sports articles still count. I mean, good enough, right? Yeah. So um, you mentioned what Stephen King. So yeah. would it be bold to assume that that's your favorite author? <laughs> not no he's definitely my favorite author like i think stephen king is the author that really and truly like the first author to like inspire me to like re- i read i would read his work and i would be like wow like i want move people with my writing the way this man moves me with his writing like i just love the way he he read. Like, i know you said that like you you know really that into horror and um filler and that kind of stuff but to me like I would watch The Conjuring and can't sleep for two days but I still enjoy Stephen King stories because to me they're not that that scary but I just find him to be really really talented like this man just put out book after book after book and they're all like so good I don't know how he'd do it just finishing one book is such like so much work but he does it constantly so like i think he's like one of my main inspirations so yeah you're definitely not wrong there okay well i mean when it comes to putting out book after book i think it comes with you know experience and after you already put out a couple i guess you start building having a groove and you get into it so yeah um what would you consider to be your favorite genre of reading i think you probably already mentioned fiction so yeah my, what kind of fiction i like fantasy and science fiction the most like to me there's something like really and truly fascinating about being able to like kind of transport yourself to another world and, and stuff like that um like for example you know game of thrones and lord of the rings and harry potter and that kind of stuff like i absolutely love love fantasy and science fiction and and lately I definitely have been making an effort to read fantasy and science fiction specifically by black authors and authors of color and it's really amazing like I will like if you ever want watch a fantasy movie or or like if you ever decide that you want to start reading books just and you want read fantasy I have tons of recommendations for you Okay, for sure then. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of times they turn these books into movies. What's your opinion on, you know, the differences? Do you think it's a good thing or would you just prefer the book or? Mm, see, the thing is that I, I guess like I have like a love-hate relationship with that because deep down, one of my dreams is to like publish a book and then get like a movie deal for that book or like a Netflix deal and like see my book as a show or a movie so like on the other hand like a lot of the times I feel like you can't really capture everything that's in a book in film 
especially when it comes to fantasy and sci-fi unless you have like a huge budget like I don't know if you've watched Game of Thrones, but you you probably hear about how horribly the, the ending was, and yeah, people that, just I heard yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> like people just compare it to like the books and like how much they stray from the books and stuff. And I think that's one of my and many authors. I think that's their greatest fear is that like you give somebody permission to turn your book or your piece of work into a show or a film and they just they just screw it up you know but it, it's still nice to be able to still like the characters that you had in your head on tv like for me lord of, that's lord of the rings for me like like sometimes you want to have the rare occasion where a film for a book comes out really really good and like lord of the rings is a good example of that i think but you definitely i love hate relationship there i know some people just completely hate it yeah because i remember um when i was in what high school with the whole twilight series my sister oh. read all of the books and she's like you know like the movies too but not 100 percent because they miss out parts of the book so yeah but i know yeah, I, for me i would the, always choose a movie right yeah <laughs> that they that's like movies in themselves like are really like that whole next experience and like i love movies too so i like the best of both worlds you know twilight and i, I never really care much for the book or the movie and i never really finish either so i kind of really have much of an opinion i guess but yeah that's definitely one of the the great like book to movie adaptations yeah for sure anyways enough about them Curious about Twilight. <laughs> so, um, on to writing. You know, besides the fact that when we're in school, they make us have to write essays and all that sort of stuff. When did you really write something for the first time? Okay, so I think the first time I actually like wrote something, I would say I was maybe 12 or 13 in first form. I had this notebook and I started off like using the notebook to like draw anime characters and stuff. I'm, I'm a huge nerd and I would like draw little anime characters and stuff in the book. And then at some point I just transitioned from that to like, hey, maybe I should write a poem. And like I started writing these poems. I don't even remember like what the poems were about. And then from that, I think I started writing my first story like my first actual story um funnily enough it is linked to twilight because like back then you know vampires and the thing and i think i start writing like, i don't like i write my own vampire story so i like did that it, I mean, it was horrible of course but <laughs> i like, i still have it on my computer to this day and i cringe like just thinking about it but I'm just fully dedicated to the tell this this vampire story, this high school vampire love story. And I wrote it, but like I never really thought that they would come where I would like write something where I would like share it with the world and share it with the people around me. But after that story, I, I could safely say that I just never stopped writing. Like I would just come up with these ideas in my head and these characters and just create and keep writing and stuff and at the same time I was writing fiction I was also 
kind of writing poetry, much less than fiction, but I was definitely doing both. So I guess you could say that's my my origin story when it comes to writing. Okay, superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you compare it to, you know, when you started writing, what has been something you think you've improved in a lot? Well, I would say my writing in general, like, get way, way better. Like, the, they always tell you as a writer, the best way you could improve your writing is to just keep writing. And I realize that that is very true because over all the years where I write stories and rewrite them, I kind of just learn how to make my writing more I guess you would say more engaging like make it so that people actually want to read it because when you just start off you have a lot of errors the grammatical errors and stuff like that so I kind of develop an eye for editing my own work and then in terms of my poetry I definitely have come a long way because like now especially with with the book um Crossroads you when you read it like you'll find that a lot of the poems are me being very vulnerable. And that's definitely something that has taken a couple of years. Like that vulnerability, that, that's something that writing poetry has taught me over the years. And as I continue to write, I kind of learn more how to just wear my heart on my sleeve, essentially, when it comes to poems. And that kind of teach me how to be vulnerable in life in general. So, yeah, that's definitely like how I've grown in terms of writing. I know I've gone lead deep with the emotions and stuff. But that's fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> but I, yeah, that's, yeah. When you said the heart on the sleeve, I'm like, okay, Rod, wave. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So um, when it comes to poems... Um, I think in general, a lot of people think they have to rhyme because I was one of those people. Like, you know, when you're like when you have your literature class and they make you mm-hmm. have to write poems, you think, OK, everything has to rhyme every mm-hmm. line or every two lines. Like, what's your thought on rhyming in poems? Do you rhyme often in your poems or? You know, like I initially I think I used to have that thought as well. Like, oh, if the poem not rhymed and not a good poem and stuff like that. But um, the more I read other people's poetry and like the more I learn about the poetry world, you kind of realize that they have many different forms of poetry. And in, in school, I feel like we mostly cover like sonnets and the traditional types of poems. But just like everything else in life, poetry has been evolving over the years and they have many different kinds. Like you have the ones that rhyme and you have what you call free verse poetry and then you have spoken word. Like if you ever sit down and listen to somebody like say their poems out loud, chances are like it, it might it might rhyme, but not that much like, like you know, like line after line or something like yeah, that. And I, yeah occasionally not like every single line and I personally I I like the free verse poetry more like because you know restricted to having to find a word that oh what what word rhymes with gold or something like that and like if I want challenge myself more then I would be like okay let me 
stick to a, a specific poetry structure, a specific style, then I would be like, okay, let me try this out. But people like, like for example, Rupi Carr, like she blew up, you know, on the internet and stuff. And her poetry is just all, I, I don't think many of her poems rhyme, like the mostly free verse poetry. So I, I definitely lean more towards the free verse style. And I also love listening to spoken word. Like I think spoken word is like really beautiful. So yeah, that that's my kind of opinion when it comes to the rhyming part of poetry. So for those of you interested in the book, I guess you can say, don't expect too much rhyming. <laughs> Very yeah, little. There's, there's a few, like maybe like five that rhyme, but you you get you know you get the best of both worlds or like only better everything so yeah but we won't get too much into the book just yet so um like i said before we get into the book are there any belizean authors that inspired you to you know really want to take it seriously oh yeah definitely um when so when i came back home from taiwan before before this this pandemic started when we could go outside me and my sister used to go to this open mic night that this group of poets called the 501 poets would have like every other week they would gather and have an open mic night and whoever wants share their poetry could just go up and read their poems out loud and when I saw like the level of talent and the level of like passion that these people had for, for poetry and their written word, like I think that kind of lit a fire in me. Cause like the first night I gone, um, I think someone was like, Oh, you should go up and read your poems. And I was like, No, I I could never like, but by I think by the third night, I was like, maybe I could do this. And so I went up and I shared my my poems and I think like after that it was like no turning back like I just fully embraced like my I guess my artistic poetic side but there were definitely a lot of really really talented artists there like I don't know if you're familiar with any of them but names like um Sean Tager um Coyote Assassin um even Grandmaster um River of Fire they had like one latter. Um, I really hope I don't butcher anybody's name, <laughs> but they had one latter really amazing poets like at the um the five hundred one open mic night, and they have their own collection of poetry as well that you can find on Amazon. Like I said, like really really talented people, and that like they definitely helped to inspire me in the the poetry aspect. And then in terms of fiction, that is the same thing. Like when I kind of learned of other Belizean writers that were doing like what I aspire to do, it just helped motivate me further. Like Miss um, Ivory Kelly and Miss Feline Cayetano, just to name a, a few people. But, you know, B- Belize have a lot of talent, like not even just in the arts and writing. Like We, we definitely have a lot of talented people. Well, the prime minister so, yeah. said um, <laughs> limited talent, right? But uh, yeah, out I of all the names, out of all the names, the only one I'm really familiar with is 
Miss Kelly, just because oh, uh-huh. she taught me a class at UB, but that's about it. Okay. okay. But yeah, the reason yeah. I ask this is because, you know, like you said, I think more often than not, when we see people that are from maybe our communities or same country or something we can relate to, like mm-hmm. if they can do it, it somehow inspires us to like, you know, they could do it. Maybe there's a chance I could do it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and hopefully um, it gets to that point where like maybe a younger person sees you or reads your work or hears you and it's like, oh wow, she's good and you know, never ending trend. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever if anybody like comes to me and they're like, Oh, you 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 inspire me or you motivate me for right, then I know that like I've done a good job and you know, like I've succeeded. Um that that definitely that's something you want like like you said just continue the, the trend like just keep inspiring people yeah so now when it comes to your writing what is the process like for you when you want to write a poem or when you want to write a story whatever it is what's your process to get this done so the for me the poetry writing part I think I would say comes by a bit easier because it would be like I would just be in the shower or about to take a nap and all of a sudden like the words kind of come to me if that makes sense and then I would be like okay I need to write this down and then I would write whatever it is in my head and then after a while I leave it there and then after a while I go back and edit it and like maybe make it longer um sometimes it if I'm feeling sad or angry or anxious writing a poem would help me kind of sort out those feelings and just get it out and then when it comes to fiction um it's similar in that I would usually get an idea or like a character would pop up into my head like okay there's this man that doesn't like to stay at stay home you know his house cousin as Belizeans say like I would come up with that character and be like okay let's create a story for this character and it turns out like okay because he not like stay home something supernatural or something out of this world happens to him that kind of teaches him a lesson and then like I just build on that and kind of just start writing and like whatever comes to my mind, I just write and somehow it like becomes something that is readable that I could put out into the world. And that's actually kind of the plot of one of the books that I'm working on right now, actually. But yeah, that's essentially my writing process. Like I sit down and I try my best to just get the words out. So more often than not, it just starts with a random idea popping into your head. Yeah, basically. And then I just kind of take that and run with it. Makes sense. I mean, sometimes you could just see something and you get inspiration out of a random stuff, like maybe a a tree or I don't know, anything. Yeah. Yeah. So so when it comes to writing, how do you deal with, you know, writer's block? How do you overcome it? (laughs) Oh, writer's block. That that is definitely a, a challenge for me because sometimes I would find that like even if I want right the words just don't come but for me I realize that a lot of the time it's because maybe I'm tired or I'm burnt out so I wouldn't really force myself to write or force myself to to do anything I would just take a step back 
um, do something different. And then when I come back, I would be refreshed and the words would come. And like other times, if it's just that I have writer's block because I can't focus or something, I would maybe put on some music because I know some people can't listen to music when they're like the homework or write or anything like that. But for me, it helped me focus and it helped me it kind of stimulate my creativity I guess so I would listen to some um, lo-fi music on YouTube or like put on a um, video game <laughs> playlist or a fantasy music playlist or something like that and it would definitely help me so those are my my two ways for dealing with writer's block okay so um but the music doesn't have lyrics so it's just like a beat no no lyrics no I do sometimes listen to music with lyrics, but more often than not, it's like no lyrics. If you look up lo-fi music on YouTube, you'll find a lot. And it, it's good for writing or homework or anything like that. Yeah, I think I've come across a couple for the same purpose of homework. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Moving on to your book. Tell us more about it. Okay. Um, so my book is called Crossroads, a collection of poems. It started off as just maybe, I would say, 25 pages of poems because there's this poetry group that's on YouTube, a very like big poetry group known as Button Poetry. And they had a chapbook competition where essentially you would submit a few of your poems in the form of a book and if you won they would publish it and I submitted it to that but I didn't get selected and for a while I was pretty disappointed but um, after a while I kind of made the decision um, well I said to myself I, I could probably just publish this book on my own you know which I think was an important lesson for me in that rejection isn't always necessarily a bad thing (laughs) sometimes it just opens up new doors for you and so I went on to add more poems to Crossroads over the years and eventually it kind of began to take form as a a story within a collection of poetry Um, earlier I mentioned how it taught me how to be vulnerable and that's because a lot of the poems especially in the first one third of the book talk about issues with grief and mental health, specifically um, depressive episodes, because that is something that I have struggled with for a really long time. And so I decided to share that in my collection of poetry, hoping that, you know, people would read it and kind of not feel alone in whatever they're going through. And as you continue reading the book, you kind of go more into other topics such as love and heartbreak and essentially it's a book about life in general and the things we go through in life and it ends off with poems about me learning how to love myself and I think I ended it off like that because the the message that I wanted to drive home more than anything was that you know despite whatever you're going through um, despite whatever lows you might have or whatever low points you might be going through in your life that joy and love and self-love can still exist in your life and even if you're going through a hard time those things can coexist hence the name crossroads 
And the journey to publishing was definitely, I would say, not not difficult, but challenging. Um, but it was also very, very rewarding. Like, you know, to be able to say, like, I published like a book, like my name is on on people's shelves and stuff. Um, that was a very proud moment for me. And like I people have told me like they read it and they're like, yes, I get it. I I understand and you know. I resonate with this book so much. And I think to me that that kind of, it makes me feel like, okay, I did a good thing and I, I succeeded in doing what I've done. So I would want to say that even if you're not someone who typically reads poetry, I feel like Crossroads is a book that would, like you'd still enjoy reading it. It is available on Amazon worldwide in both print and in ebook format. You said a lot there, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, but it's not a bad thing that you said a lot. Like, um, when you were going through it and you started listing out the things, I'm like, yeah, that pretty much sounds like life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it sounds like it's just something that I guess almost everyone can relate to. They will definitely find something that they can relate to. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you beat me to another question, which was going to be like, why the title? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the the title crossroads it it's actually an interesting story to me like how I mentioned that I really like fantasy and that kind of stuff the title actually kind of comes from fantasy in in a sense that um crossroads which is where like the intersection of two roads in mythology a lot of people believe that the crossroads is where like the world of the living and the dead come to like intersect and I found that to be like a really interesting concept you know like this place where worlds kind of become one so yeah. to me it was like the the world of like everything that's you know sad and the difficult things like like dealing with the loss of a loved one or dealing struggling with mental illness and struggling with self-hate and that stuff can coexist with things like learning how to embrace yourself so it's literally the the place where like the two worlds intersect so that's how I, I came up with the the title you see only a <laughs> Only an author can give you guys such a deep, meaningful meaning to just a title. <laughs> yeah, sense. it took me a while. So um, when choosing the poems that you wanted to put into this collection, how did you single out the ones you wanted to place in there? Mm, I, I think I went about looking for the ones that like really hold the, the story, like the way that I wanted it to be told. Like I would... I would print out all the poems on typing sheet and then just look at them individually and kind of see like, okay, where is this taking me? You know, like I, I was like, I want these poems to take me from point A to point B. And if it didn't really kind of contribute to like the theme of the book, then I would, I, I wouldn't want to, but I was like, okay, maybe I should take this one out or um, maybe I should add in another poem to kind of paint a better picture. I definitely looked for the ones that were like really, really moving, I would say. So that like when if someone were to read it, they would be moved by the words. And yeah, essentially. And like I said, 
um, a lot of them came from what I wanted to submit to Button Poetry before. So like that was a big chunk of it. And then afterwards, I just kept adding the ones that I thought were were really heartfelt and okay. really moving. Yeah. Were there any um, poems that got left out that could have made it? And like for those that got left out, have you posted them anywhere else, whether it's on a, your Instagram page or a blog or whatever? I did have some that I left out because I was like, okay, the theme of this one might be better for a, a different collection of poetry. So I, I kind of like, okay, I will save these for later. So you got um, them stored up. Yeah, <laughs> for uh, to be announced, I guess. Okay. Songs like um a lot of musicians, they have so many unreleased songs that just they just have them chilling. Yeah, basically. Basically that, yeah. For those of you that may be interested in the book, I will be placing the link to the book in the description as well, the Amazon link. So yeah, feel free to go and check it out and order one. So moving on to Taiwan. For those of you that don't know, this is where I got to know Kyla, which in it's kind of crazy that, you know, we have to come all the way across the world to meet a fellow Belizean, but it is what it <laughs> right. is. I mean, thanks for having a mutual friend, of course. So um, how would you sum up your time in Taiwan? What was that like for you? Mm, I, I, I think I would call it, honestly, I would call it life-changing. Like, even now it's been what two years since I left and I still think about Taiwan like I miss Taiwan terribly um it was sorry to cut you off right but before Uh, she continues right she misses Taiwan to the point that I remember showing her a (laughs) vlog and I think I posted that in the episode before this one so yeah um a vlog about Taichung which is in Taiwan and she says she felt homesick Oh my god. <laughs> no, it's true. Like I watched that vlog and I was like, oh my god, all I want in a life right now is to go and just stroll through the night market or something or go ride the train. Like I miss the Taiwan experience. And I, I feel like I always tell people this because I'm always talking about Taiwan. Like it's it's a truly beautiful experience, you know, despite the challenges that do come with living um in a society like Taiwan like in Asia despite the challenges that come with being a black person living in Asia yeah. I still appreciate Taiwan and I still appreciate like my experiences I would definitely like, go back in a heartbeat if I could so based on all of those experiences give me two or three likes and dislikes Okay. Uh, I'll, okay, I'll start with dislikes first because neg- negative to positive. But the dislikes, I would say the pollution, the air pollution, really bad sometimes. Um, definitely the occasional instances of what I call it discrimination. Just the feeling of being different, like the way people look at you and yeah, treat sure. you sometimes. And also... Oh, the, the traffic in Kaohsiung. The traffic in Kaohsiung. Horrible. Um, and my likes, definitely the food. Big shout out to beef noodle soup. Um, <laughs> I like the freedom. Like just being able to go where you want and do what you want by yourself. Even if it's like three in the morning. 
I guess that goes into my other, like, the safety. It's such a safe country and a clean one. I feel like I already passed three. <laughs> and, I mean, hey, no limit. Hey, yeah. if you want to keep going, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I have to agree with you. I think on both the likes and dislikes, for yeah. sure. It's a great experience. Yeah, most definitely. And I failed to mention it and what you just did. But while she was here, she was in Kaohsiung, which happens to be the south of Taiwan. Yeah. So, yeah, she was a south girl for a moment. Yeah, my home away from home. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You know, we wrapped up your writing life. And then, of course, just a brief run through of the Taiwan experience. But before you go... I want to hit you with some quick fire questions, like just straight okay. out the top of your head. <laughs> oh gosh, okay. <laughs> I re- hey, remember, can't no answer is a wrong answer because it's your answer. Okay. So let's start off with your favorite book that you've ever read. Misery by Stephen King. Oh man, no hesitation, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Zero hesitation. <laughs> yeah. What's that book about? If you don't mind telling us. Um, Misery by Steve. Amazing book. There is a movie. So you could watch the movie. It's about yes. this, <laughs> this writer, Paul Sheldon. He decides to go out to... He, he goes off on a trip. Like he wants to go somewhere secluded to write um, and finish his book. And in the process, he ends up in a really, really horrible car accident. Like I think he ends up almost crippled. But he gets rescued by a woman who happens to be a nurse. But she also happens to be his quote unquote number one fan. Like she's his biggest fan. And she kind of essentially holds him hostage in her house and forces him to write the story that she wants to to read. Um, It's basically a story of like, you know how some fans just take things overboard. It's Next like Stephen level. King. Yeah, Stephen King takes that and turns it into full-on horror. Like you're like, will this man survive like being held hostage by this? Her name is Annie. Like, will will Annie like let this man survive? But it definitely like it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Well, um, don't tell us if yes. you survived or not. Leave it as I, a I, mystery for now. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so when you're writing, whatever it may be, what's one thing you have to have with you? Like besides obviously the stuff you need to write, but what's one thing you need to have with you? Um, one thing I need to have my, I would say my headphones. Um, I have this pair of Beats headphones that I stole from my sister. (laughs) And like, even if I'm not playing music, I have like just having it on kind of helps me get in the zone to write so that is definitely and I, I think yeah that that is the one thing that I definitely have to have that and my music um and maybe a cup of coffee well um you just admitted to a crime what Oh, feeling the feeling oh, the headphones. Oh, oh God, she 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 not remember. She she doesn't miss it. It's fine. Okay, that's good then. So the if head- she listens to this, then yeah, um, I'm sorry, but it will be here. So if she listens, <laughs> but sounds like that's pretty much like a how you want to say it, like a good luck charm in a sense. Yeah, yeah. So moving on from the crime, 
Um, what would you consider to be your <laughs> the best time of day for you to write? Mm, I used to think that I write best late at night, but since I started waking up at the crack of dawn, thanks to my puppy, I realized that I really get a lot of writing done like really, really early in the morning. Um, so like before I get my day started or anything, I would just open my laptop and try to get some kind of writing done. I think either like one of the two extremes, either super early in the morning or super late at night. I really don't know how you do the super early part because it, <laughs> for me, it takes like an hour, two hours for me to adjust to the world. Yeah, it, it's a mystery to me too. Don't, don't worry. Like, I don't know how I do it. I mean, there's always something behind the madness, so. Yeah, the, the madness is my dog. <laughs> so um, next up, advice you would give to someone that's just getting into writing? Um, I would say keep going, you know, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, you're going to doubt yourself a lot. Um, you're going to feel like people around you doubt you a lot and you're gonna want to stop but it's definitely worth it to keep going and as you keep going also kind of remind yourself to stop every now and again and look back at how far you've come because a lot of the time you might feel like you're not doing anything and you're not going anywhere when in reality you're doing worlds of amazingness so just just keep going. That I think that would be my my number one advice. I think you're quoting the great um Dory. Just keep swimming. Just just keep swimming. Yeah, yep. basically, <laughs> Dory said it first. So last but not least, favorite quote. Oh, okay. This one might take me a while. Okay, my favorite, my favorite quote. Okay, let's see. Give 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 me a minute. Okay, I think I I did try, not. Um, give a Stephen King quote. I mean, hey, if you like his quotes, can't do anything about it. <laughs> okay, my favorite quote is actually from a manga. Still, still counts. Still in the book world, manga, anime, um, Full Metal Alchemist, and the quote is: it goes like this: um, a lesson without pain is meaningless because nothing can be gained without losing something in return. But once you've overcome that loss, then you're going to obtain something. Uh, I'm trying to remember the quote. You're going to obtain something, essentially something better. Like you're going to obtain a heart that's made full metal. Like you're, you're going to achieve like a strength after overcoming that loss. So yeah, that, that's my favorite. Sounds good. So like that's a reminder to everyone that, you know, Whenever you have a loss, doesn't mean it's a f- complete loss, you know, like something can come out of it. So, yeah. 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 Something can definitely come out of it. And well, tell the people where they can find you, your different social medias, if you want to put it out there, whatever it may be. You can find me on Instagram at KGentleWrites. I'm also on Twitter at Caribbean Blurred. That's B-L-E-R-D, Blurred. Um, I have a website where you can read uh, my blog posts and also the latest news about my books and other upcoming projects. That's kgentlewrites.com. Uh, TikTok, Caribbean Blurred. 
And yeah, that's about it. And my book can be found on Amazon. And like I said earlier, I will be placing all the links in the description. So it's just one click away. I just want to say thank you for taking the time out. And the people don't know that this interview has had a lot of postponements. <laughs> and even in the middle of it, a whole disaster. But yeah, we got it done nonetheless. We made it. We made it through. But yeah, um, I really appreciate you taking the time out. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate having the chance to just talk with you and, and talk about writing and stuff. I will end off this episode with her reading a poem from her, or I don't know where it's from, but it's a poem that she chose to read. So yeah, I will catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. This is Alchemy from Crossroads. I'd like to think myself an alchemist, though I can't make lead into gold, though I've never in my life seen a philosopher's stone. My heart is not full metal, my last name far from flamel. And while I'm not history's finest, I still think myself an alchemist. I've turned sorrow into strength, built steel fortitude for my heart. And despite darkness, despite doubt, I've sown seeds of self-acceptance and watched their saplings sprout. I've turned winter into summer, made darkness into light. And though I quite often feel like the Ouroboros, forever trapped in a cycle, I still can't stand tall. I still fight. That was alchemy. Thank you.